Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Matthew chapter 18. In the first verse, verse it says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. And I'm going to read this to you out of the Amplified Bible. It says, And at that time the disciples came up and asked Jesus, Who then really is really the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And he called a little child to himself and put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you repent, which means to change, turn about, and become like little children, trusting, lowly, loving, and forgiving, you can never enter into the kingdom of heaven at all. Whoever will humble himself, therefore, and become like this child, trusting, lowly, loving, and forgiving, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And when I started this series, something the Lord had placed in my heart, you know, in order for us to continue to move forward, uh, there are some things that the Lord has begun in our church, things that he's doing. But, you know, beginning is good, but I want to see things uh, be finished up. And, and, and I want to have the fullness of what God wants for us. You know, you realize that when the Lord is doing things and moving us in specific directions, it's not just for uh, achieving some, some goal that the Lord has, but there are always uh, people on the other side of that that he's trying to reach. Lives he's trying to change, and even in here, but then people who aren't here. People that he's trying to reach. Amen. That's his, that is his number one uh, priority, and the Lord's number one goal is going after the lost, setting people free. That's what he's after. Amen. And so it's important that, that we, 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 we stay with these things and, and we see these things through so that you know, the, the will of the Lord can be done. And the sooner that this stuff gets done is the sooner we get to go home. I don't know about you, but that's something that, that I'm, I'm looking forward to. And so, you know, I, I want to do my part to help wrap things up. You know, I want to do my part to make sure that, that we are, we're, we're closing things up and doing things the way the Lord would have us to do it. Uh, that way we'll have the result that God wants us to have. And so, you know, we want to be faithful to do these things. Like I said, a lot of this are, are, are things that have been talked about a lot uh, in the last few months. But just a, a couple things we want to talk about tonight. Uh, if you haven't been here for, for previous services, you know, I'm not going to go back into uh, all the details that we've talked about, but we've been looking at these four keys, these four things that are mentioned here, trusting, lowly, loving, and forgiving. Of course, we talked about the first thing is uh, trusting, and we talked about the importance of, of growing in our ability to trust the Lord to be able to not rely on our own understanding and our own way of doing things, but getting more uh, adept at putting our trust in the Lord and what he's wanting to do. And it's not possible to do that unless we're renewing our mind. And, and this is one of the subjects that is a big deal to me. It's something that uh, uh, the Lord keeps bringing back to my attention. It's not, I know it's not just for me only. It's for us in general. You know, if you read in the, in the epistles, it's something that the Apostle Paul talked about all the time, that you would grow in the knowledge of God, that you would, that you would grow in these things, that your understanding would be enlightened. He was always talking about it, and there was a reason for that. Our understanding of the Word, not just having uh, uh, knowing Scriptures and memorizing Scriptures, you know, that, you know the, the devil doesn't care if you know a lot of Scriptures. The fact is he knows a lot of Scriptures. Uh, the truth is the enemy probably knows more scriptures than you know scriptures. So it's not the knowing, uh, the knowing what a scripture is, you know, being, being able to ho uh, quote Hosea 6.6. 6, that's not the point. But it's having not just mental knowledge but revelation of those things and having it, uh, um, uh, the word of God become implanted in your heart so that it can produce something. And so without rene the renewing of your mind, your mind and, and what you choose to think on is the direction that you're going to go where your mind is and the what's real to you is where you're going to put your trust. And you can know all the scriptures in the world, but if, you don't, if they're not real to you, it's impossible to trust in the things that the Lord has said if they're not real to you. And so the process of, of renewing our mind is something that we all have to do, and we've got to maintain that. Because, you know, this life is all about changing and, and, and chipping away at the things that were once real to us. The enemy's always trying to make them less real and to make what he has to 
say and the things he has to show us more real. How many of you would agree? I mean, you know, the, there are so many things getting into the church today that has no business being in the church. And it's just been a result of year after year after year of the enemy slowly putting ideas and concepts out there and believers accepting them. You know, the enemy's always going to put thoughts out there and challenge what the Word says, but if we won't buy it and just stick with what the Word says, we'll stay safe, you know? And so it's a process. We always have to make sure that we're, we're, we're putting the right things in and making sure that we're allowing the Word of God to grow in our lives and develop, and renewing our mind is vital. You cannot trust God without having revelation of what God's Word says about your situation, what you're going through. It's impossible to trust God in that situation. Amen. You might, you, you, you know, a lot of people think they're, they're trusting in the Lord, but really they're just agreeing with something that they heard, but only to the point that it's real to them and they quickly give up. When your trust is in something and you know something beyond a shadow of a doubt, even though something may come your way that tries to deny it, you'll stick with what you know in your heart, right? I mean, that's true in, in the natural. If you know something to be true, you know, and you believe it in your heart as something that's real to you, you'll stick with that. But we need to get God's word in our hearts so we stick with these things, amen? So trusting is something that, that is an element of children. They believe what their parents say, and they believe everything that you, their parents tell them. It's, of course, when they're little, as they get older, that becomes less and less, you know, uh, uh, because they, they, they're more aware of the fact that their parents are human and make mistakes, you know. But the good news is God doesn't make mistakes, right? He never has to apologize. He never has to say, come back and say, you know, I got that one wrong. No, he's always got it right. So we can trust the Lord, right? But it's an attribute that, that kids have, and it's, it's an important thing. I mentioned, you know, that, that the, a lot of the things that were done in the Word of God, examples that we read, that were, were, were done through kids just simply taking Jesus at his word, David just simply taking God at his word. And so trust is a vital thing. And then we begin to talk about um, lowly, which is just being humble. And I know this is something that, that a lot of people have spoken of and, and mentioned. Uh, and like I said, we won't go over everything that we, we talked about before, but uh, being humble and resisting the, the, the onslaught of pride is something that's vital. If we're going to keep moving forward, it's something we've got to have. You know, as, as the Lord continues to move us forward, there, there will be a lot of opportunities for us as a church to get prideful. What we've experienced, what we know. You know, I'll say this, uh, uh, and I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just say it's me. I know no one else in here has done this, but in the past, I have actually struggled with a little bit of this idea that, you know, we're a word church and, and we're, we're, I go to a church where we teach the Bible, you know, we don't read out of the, you know, Reader's Digest and, and, and you know, we know a lot. I know that's just me, right? Some people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. The idea that other churches don't know what they're doing and that other, other people don't have something to offer. No, you know, we, we need to be open to what the Lord is saying no matter who it comes to, right? But, you know, we don't have a corner on the truth, and the more we grow, that thought that we're it is going to be there. There's a lot of good churches doing a lot of great things, but the most important thing is where has he told you to be? And so if you'll be where he's told you to be, but keep the right attitude, the minute we start thinking we know everything and we've arrived is the minute we start missing out on what God has for us. You know, that, that, and that's the truth. The minute we think we've got it figured out, we don't. All right. And so it's important that we maintain these things. And I, and I talked about, you know, pride was one of the things that uh, revivals in the past that, that became major stumbling blocks and things that inevitably led to, to, to these things waning was because individuals and groups began to look more at themselves and what they had learned and how much they had grown and what God had used them to do, that the attention became more about them and not about God. And so it's something that, that we need to make sure that we resist, right, and that we stand against. And so we've talked about those things, and, um, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not, you don't have to worry that, that if you are uh, 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 putting yourself in a position where you're always check, checking your ego at the door and, and looking for the Lord to promote you, God will promote us, amen? He'll promote you. So, so it's important that we do these things. We talked about some, some uh, things about uh, humility that were uh, correct. We talked about some things that were incorrect, some uh, right and wrong thinking about humility. You can go back and listen to those things. Um, and then we started talking about children. One of the, one of the aspects of humility, uh, one of the... the uh, uh, definitions or, or concepts of the idea of lowliness or being lowly is being meek. And it's important that we maintain a soft and pliable heart to the Word, that we are always open to instruction and open to uh, what the Lord would be saying to us. Uh, and, and if we'll do that, we'll continue to grow. 
Uh, let's, let's see. Well, let's look at a couple of scriptures here. Go with me over to, oh, we'll just go over to, um, uh, praise God. iPad just beeped at me here. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me see which scripture we want, we want to start with here tonight. Hallelujah. Let's go over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's one that I know you know, but it's, it's good to start at. You know, anything that, that we know, any, any, anything that we've learned, uh, anything that the Lord has uh, brought to our attention, you know, we ought to be willing to, to um, re-examine these things and make sure that we, if there's any further light the Lord wants to bring, that we're open to these things. You know, you can get settled on a truth and get settled on an aspect of a truth and miss out on a on other aspects of it that the Lord wants to, to bring your way that'll be a blessing to you. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and there's trust. You have to worry about getting weird if you follow the Holy Ghost and you make sure that it lines up with the Word. There's a lot of fear involved. Well, you don't want to be open to that. No, you, you follow the Holy Ghost and doesn't line up with the rest of the Word. But it says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Everybody say profitable. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Notice that the man of God or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so it's important that we stay open and teachable to the Word of God and maintain a position that, that we're open to whatever the Lord will bring our way. That how, how many would you say that in the last year the Lord has shown you things in the Word that you've not seen before or showed you something that maybe, that maybe challenged something that you had believed before, but, but really it was just based on something that you had heard, you know what I mean? And the Lord showed you something that helped clarify things. How many would agree? The Lord's shown me some things in the last year, last couple years, you know, that, that really were, were simple, but they were vital things. Why? Because it, it's profitable. All Scripture is profitable for instruction. It's profitable for the man of God that, that we would be, how did it say here? It said that, um, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so it's important that we're open to the Word. And one of the things about, about being meek or about being lowly is being meek and having a soft and pliable heart. I want to challenge you. You know, when the Word is spoken, when you see it in the Word of God, be quick to respond to these things. Be quick to, to be open to them. Be open to what the Word says. And I can guarantee you, if you're open, there will be things that the Lord will bring your way into your attention that will hit you where you live, so to speak, and will, will be something you have to make a choice. Am I going to listen to this or am I gonna, not going to not listen to this? And so we want to stay open to what the Lord would say to us. We want to be, be open and realize that, that, you know, that he's the one that wrote the book, and so he knows more about it and how it works together than we do. Let's stay open to these things. Amen? Uh, it says, uh, it goes another scripture and I'll read in Proverbs 3, it says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the, love, the Lord loves, he corrects just as a father, the son in whom he delights. And so, you know, sometimes there are things we have to correct. Be open to correction. And the correction's got this, this, this negative concept. I, to, concept. To me, correction is a good thing. Because if I'm not doing something right, I want to know how's the right, how the right way is to do it, that it'll produce the right result. Right? I mean, I want to know how to do things the right way. And so correction just means a realignment of what you're doing. That's all correction is, just fixing what you're doing. So let's be open to the correction and the adjustments of the Lord. Amen? Let's be open to these things. Children are teachable, they're moldable, they're flexible, and then they're responsive to it. And so well, that's how they start off. And it's our job to make sure we keep them that way, right? And, uh, you know, and it's my job as pastor to help keep us that way. And it's our job as believers to help keep one another that way, open to what the Lord's saying, amen? And then uh, uh, another, um, uh, 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 and what we'll just say this, you go over to James chapter 4, James the fourth chapter. Praise God. Like I said, I'm going to endeavor to get through uh, the last few things here. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on each of them, but like I said, there a lot has been spoken of late about some of these, and so I'll just hit on a few things. Uh, James, the fourth chapter, I want to read to you in um, uh, verse 6, James chapter 4, verse 6. It says, But he gives more grace, therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
God, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. What is humility in action? Humility in action is submission. Humility in action is your, in your life is submission to the word of God. Submitting, and I know it's something that people don't like to hear. It's not a word we like to use. It somehow makes us feel like we're violating our rights or, or you know, how many of you realize that your life is not your own? We were bought with a price. That's, a, that's also in this book called the B-I-B-L-E. And so, you know, my life is not my own. It's not up to me. I don't have the right to say that, that I can just do whatever I want to do. If I see something in the Word, it's my responsibility to make those adjustments and to submit to it. And, you know, God expects us to submit to His Word. He expects us to submit to His Word. And, you know, it, for instance, you know, not being unequally yoked together with unbelievers. If somebody reads that verse... And if they're unequally yoked together, what do they do? They cut that thing off right away. Why? That's called submission. It's don't, it, you, 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 you obey what is the Lord telling you to do. A lot of times people pray for, for leadings on how to handle things when they know Scripture. Just do what the Bible says. Just do what the Word says. Be humble. Don't, don't. He resists the proud. Proud is someone, I can do this my own way. I've got this figured out another way. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble, those who submit. Amen. Submission is such an important thing. That word submit means to retire, withdraw, or to yield. Just simply to yield. Just to yield. You know, in the last couple years, there has been things the Lord has brought to my attention that I've had to make the decision to yield in. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? I had to make the decision, you know, Lord, I see things that I've not seen before, or maybe things I had seen before but just weren't willing to do those things. You know, in, until you respond to what the Lord has told you to do and the light he's given you, you can't expect to get more light. Until you do what he's told you to do, he's not going to give you more light until you walk in the light he's already provided. And so if we're going to continue to move forward, there are areas where we're going to have to respond, each of us, as individuals respond to the light that the Lord has shown us and just submit these things. Why? Because it's for our benefit, right? It's for our, uh, uh, so that the man of God will be complete, right? That we'll be, we'll be where we need to be to move into the next thing, amen? So uh, submission is an important thing. Humility, that's a part of, uh, it is the answer to uh, pride is submission. That is being humble. And another, another aspect of humility uh, uh, or being lowly is being simple or plain, is another a definition for the word lowly, it's being simple or plain. You know, it's important that we not be uh, real formal with God, but just be ourselves and be simple. Don't make things too complicated. It's something that the Lord has had to get on to me about. You know, anytime the steps of something are becoming so difficult that you're losing sight of the one that, that your answer lies in, you need to take a step back and just keep things simple. Amen. Listen, this was not designed to be difficult. You have to be simple with God. You have to approach him with a simple heart, simple openness, and don't get too bogged down in the details. Just obey your heart. Amen. And so children are simple. They're, they're not pretentious. They don't, have a, uh, they don't try to overcomplicate things. And so we need to be simple as well. Maintain that, right? That's being also being lowly. Uh, the next one in the, in the verse, in the scripture, in, uh, there in... Um, uh, uh, in, the, in our text in Matthew is loving. And I know Pastor Angel just did a couple Wednesday nights uh, services about uh, the love walk. Uh, I want you to go with me over to uh, John chapter 13. I just want to uh, touch on a couple things uh, on this subject. Like I said, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail in this. Uh, you can listen to the things she's talked about and, and uh, others have said. But children are loving by nature. They're loving. And uh, it's important that we maintain an atmosphere of love uh, here at home and amongst, amongst the family. Amen? It says here in uh, John, the 13th chapter, in the 31st verse, I'll wait till I uh, don't hear pages any longer, in John chapter 13, verse 31, it says, So when he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself. And glorify him immediately. Little children, I shall be with you a little longer. You seek me. Uh, you will seek me. As I, and, and as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, they will all know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 
And so, you know, the, a lot has been talked about here recently about love in the body and love in the family. And it is an area where the enemy would try to come and, uh, and cause uh, uh, trouble. And our love walk is important. Uh, Keith Moore said this when I was at Raymond. It's something that stick, stuck with me, you know, all the time. The enemy tries to bring strife, which is just division. It's the opposite of uh, an atmosphere of love. Strife is the opposite of that. And he said strife is the manifest presence of the enemy. He says strife is the manifest presence of the enemy. Have you ever walked into a room and, and there's been an argument going on? You can tell when you walk in there, there's a, there's, a, there, it's, there, there's a there is a thickness in the room when you walk in, right? You can tell why there is a spirit behind it. And strife is something that the enemy tries to bring. It's the opposite of a, of a loving atmosphere where God can move. And it's where the enemy is trying to manifest himself. Let's do everything we can to make sure that strife doesn't get an opportunity to rear its ugly head. I'm not saying it because we're having any issues. We're not. But, you know, the enemy always tries to bring division. He'll always try to bring a problem. He'll always try there to, to try to bring a contention. We need to stand against those things. And, and I know, like I said, Pastor Angela has, uh, has talked about this and, and at length and, and talked about it. We have talked about it before, but it's something we need to be on guard. Anytime you have something that goes on that, that catches your attention and causes a response other than love, you need to just stop that right there at the door. You know, any thought that get, comes in, you take those thoughts captive, right? I mean, you, you, you take those things captive and you deal with them right away. You don't let them gain root. You don't let them grow. You don't let them, uh, 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 you know, get a place in your life. You just got to deal with it right away. It's like a cancer. It's going to want to uh, spread and multiply. So we have to make sure that we're standing on guard against those things, against strife getting in. And it says here that we're to uh, love one another as I have loved you. We're to love one another as I have loved you. And so, uh, obviously, there's a high standard there, but the Lord tells us to do it. We know we can do it, right? And we're to, to love the same way he has loved us. And by this, that uh, our love for one another, that they, we, people will know that we're his disciples. So, how many agree with love is an important thing? Walking in love with one another is vital. But what about another aspect of love? It's not necessarily not gaining offense at one another, being offended at one another, but love in, in ministering and to encouraging one another. It's also love that we look out for one another to impart things into one another's lives that would be a blessing. Go through over to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. It's a scripture that I know you know, but we're going to read it. Ephesians chapter 4. You know, when we talk about love, a lot of times we stop at the door of offense and we just stay there. Let's not be offended, uh, uh, and, and, uh, which is important, but there's more to it. There's more to love than not just being aggravated at one another. Like I said, we don't have an issue around here with, with that, but, but um, you know, it's something we need to be aware of, but we need to take it a step farther. Uh, the scriptures here in Ephesians chapter 4, you know, talks about um, uh, the minister gifts, verse 11, he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Notice the, the saints are the ones that are equipped to do the work of the ministry, which is the edifying of the body of Christ. That's the saints that do that. And it says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness, Christ, fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried around by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, that's important, speaking the truth in love. That's talking about how you say something, right? Speaking the truth in love, right? We, you know, we ought to make sure that we make our words palatable, but not weak, at the same time, you know, a lot of times people think if they're going to say things in love, they say things so softly in such a way that people don't even hear what they're really saying. Speak the truth, but do it in love, right? So speaking the truth in love uh, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together. And that's talking about the body. It's talking about the body here. It's not talking about the ministry gifts anymore. The ministry gifts were talked about in the beginning. It's talking about the body here. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. One of the aspects of, of, of maintaining a heart of love towards one another is doing our part and causing growth of one another. Amen. It's not just about not being offended, but it's about preferring somebody else and following your heart and taking opportunities to invest in somebody else. Amen. 
You know, people need, we need one another to, to take the part that God has given us and share that with somebody else in order for that person to grow. They need what you have. This is a big deal. They need what you have. And that's not a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night thing. That is a lifestyle. That, that, that entails opening up your life to one another. I mean, it, we're talking about being loving. Jesus made his life. His life was, was, it was the people that he was coming in contact with. He brought them into, into what he was doing. He made them, their life a part of his life. He imparted to them. How many of you would agree with that? I mean, he was always taking opportunity to impart into people and to take what he had and to share and to sow that into somebody else's life. And if we're going to continue forward, there's got to be that atmosphere in the church where we are taking one another and joining not just our church attendance, but our lives to one another. Because the Lord has joined us together and without us doing our part, other people can't grow and you can't grow if everybody's not doing their part. You know, we, we, we talk about, we, we do fellowships around here. We have a lot of things going on. If we'll, we'll uh, I know we do this, but further develop an atmosphere where there is a connection one with another and that there is an openness between one another. You know, you're open to people that you're close to, right? And so we have to maintain a loving atmosphere between us, not just in church and not just being not offended with one another, but where we're open to minister and to impart into one another's lives. That is a part of love, and that requires sacrifice. If you're going to have people, if you're going to uh, bring someone into your life, you're, it's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require sacrifice. I'll say this, if we're going to continue to grow, it's going to require that the body begin to open up to one another and let and be open to receiving what the other part has to give, but then also willing to give your part to somebody else. That's, that is love, caring for one another, praying for one another, being hospitable to one another, right? It's vital that we do this. It's vital that, that, we, that we show love for one another. I would encourage you, develop strong relationships in the church, not just for the sake of relationships. Yes, they're, they're important, but it causes growth of the body. When we're able, you get to know somebody and you become a part of their life. Steve and I can talk about things because we're close, right? You know, the pastor can only be close with so many people. You can, be, you can only be close with so many people, but there are somebody that the Lord will lay on your heart, but you've got to be open to reaching out to them and, and letting them become a part of your life. That's love. That's love. Love for one another is a deep care for one another. Amen? And so it, it's an area that, that is, it's important if we're going to grow, we're going to have uh, 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 to grow in these things. Amen? Jesus uh, uh, was always quick to incorporate people into what he was doing. And so, you know, it's important that we do this as well, amen? So love for one another. Like I said, we're not going to spend a lot of time on that, but, but opening up our lives to one another and making, making a concerted effort, a determined effort to draw people in. Drawing people in. Amen. How many know that's important? It's important that we draw one another in. It's important that we, we, we develop these things, our love for one another, so that we're pulling on each other in the right direction, Amen. Well, what about those outside of the faith? What about those outside of the house of God? You know, our responsibility in the area of love is not just about not being offended or upset with them either. And you know, it also involves opening up our lives to them as well. It doesn't mean joining them in their life. It means, it means opening your life up to them. There's a difference. I, I was uh, listening to somebody the other day and... Um, uh, was given an account of somebody, a, a missionary that they know that they're, they're personally involved with. And uh, this person's in, in Nepal. Of course, you guys know the thing that happened in Nepal a couple of days ago, the earthquake there, so we continue to pray for them. But uh, uh, this, this lady was a, uh, uh, was a missionary in Nepal, and there was a woman in her town that had completely lost her mind. And she was a Buddhist or, or Hindu or whatever, you know, the, the, where they are right there. And so she wasn't a believer. And she had completely lost her mind. Her husband had killed her infant baby. Her husband had murdered her child, and it was his child as well, but this, this man had killed their child, and she just completely lost her mind. 
And uh, uh, just, she ended up, uh, she walked around the town. She was oftentimes, she was extremely dirty. She was naked a lot of times, just walked around aimlessly with just a blank look on her face. And everybody avoided her like the plague, you know. And she had just completely lost her mind, wouldn't talk, didn't, didn't interact with people. This woman, now you got to follow your heart, but this woman was prompted by the Holy Ghost. And she brought this, this missionary, brought this woman into her home. She brought this person into her home. Like I said, follow the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, just go pick people up. But, but, you know, she brought this person into her home and began to love on this woman, began to minister to this woman. It took six months, they said, this six months of loving on this lady, ministering to this lady, praying for this lady, investing in this lady. And she came out of it and became one of the strongest, uh, uh, got born again, obviously, became one of the strongest believers in in. in their group that she was ministering to in Nepal became a huge blessing uh, to the group. God radically changed her life and set this woman free. But it wouldn't have happened unless she had opened up her life to this individual. It would have never have happened. You know, sometimes, you know, we, 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 we sometimes saying something to someone is good. Other times it will require more of, this, of that if we're going to reach somebody. And that is a part of love. Amen. It's the truth. This is good word tonight. We have to open our lives up to people and not worry. Listen, if the Holy Ghost is leading you to do something, it's because there, there is an opportunity for change to take place, and he's going to take care of you. But you're going to have to be open to things. You'll just have to be open to things. Go through to Matthew chapter 19, Matthew the 19th chapter. I want to read this uh, uh, passage here, and, you know, we'll... we'll we can see in the example here of, of Jesus. And, you know, this is something that, that we have to, um, like I said, we, you know, we've got to make a conscious effort to do these things. If we're going to continue to move forward, if we're really going to reach this world, we're going to have to make sure we're, we're, we're one of those characters is loving but towards the world. I didn't say we don't, you don't accept what they're doing as okay, but you still love them, amen? And you still are motivated and, and, and you follow your heart in reaching these people. It says here in Matthew, the, um, where did I tell you, the ninth chapter? Uh, go to chapter nine, Ma- Matthew chapter nine. Oh, I heard that, all right. So you have to turn a few pages. We'll pray for you, all right. Oh, man, that's ridiculous. All right, so Matthew chapter nine. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Now, this is Jesus here, and, and uh, uh, we have this count. You probably read this, but I want to read it again. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now, there was a reason why Matthew was sitting at the tax office, because he was a tax collector. He wasn't just hanging out. He was actually a tax collector. He, was, he said, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to the disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, those who are well have no need of of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Now, this is an example. Of course, you know, Matthew wrote one of the books in the Bible. It's someone that, that uh, he became one of the apostles, one of the very close uh, few that followed Jesus and, and really ones that Jesus entrusted the, the life of the church after he left was, was, was also in Matthew's hand. And he was a tax collector. Now, we, we, even today, we don't have necessarily warm thoughts about IRS agents, you know. Uh, but... Uh, you know, really, they're, they're doing their job. But, but, you know, back in this day, tax collectors were not just someone that you were kind of... Have anybody been audited before? Uh, you know, we've been audited once or twice. Just once, all right. So we've been audited, you know. And, and it's not something you, you, oh, yeah, I get to interact with the tax guy. No, you don't enjoy that, you know. Uh, but back in this day, tax collectors were the, were the scum of the scum. I mean, nobody liked the tax collectors. They were Jewish people Jewish men and women that were serving the Roman occupiers and taking money from the from their fellow their brothers and sisters Jewish uh, uh, you know Jewish countrymen and they were notoriously crooked. 
The, the Romans didn't care what they did, how much extra they took. As long as the Rome got, got their portion, the tax collectors could take whatever they wanted. And if you didn't pay, they'd turn you into the Romans. And so, you know, the Jews hated the tax collectors. They were people that were, were looked down upon. Jesus called one of those tax collectors to be one of the 12. And, you know, other tax collectors came and sat with him and ate with him. And other sinners came with him. And, you know, it was the religious people that had a problem with that. Listen, if Jesus can have uh, uh, see through these things and see the individual, we can see through these things and see the individual as well. Amen. You know, it's important that, that we respond in love towards the world. I didn't say agree with what they're doing, but we love them and we open up our lives to them. You know, one of the things that uh, Dr. Lemon said several years ago, he was here at our church and he prophesied, and I should have gotten a copy of this. I don't know the exact wording that he said, but he was talking about what was going to, what the things that were coming to this church. Anybody remember that? He talked about, you know, people showing up and he talked about people that looked very different from us. How many remember that? He, he, and, he, and, he, and he was telling us to get ready for these things because people are going to show up that are not like you. You know, most Christians have a certain look to us. Right? And we have a certain look, you know, certain things. You know, he said, get ready. People are going to come that don't look like you. You know, Jesus said here, I didn't come to save the righteous, but to save, what did he say? Uh, uh, but sinners to repentance. We, we need not be turned off by, by things to the point that we don't see the individual nor reach out to them. Right? Or love them. It's, it's an important thing to do that we are, that as a, as a body, that we get over these things so that, you know, they're not a shock to us. I would love to see the prostitutes, the drug addicts, right? I would love to see those people here. Now, we want the ones who are open and that the Lord is working on, but I want, I want, I want these people to be here so that God can change their lives. Listen, the Lord will bring people to us that have a need for him. He will direct you and cause you to come into contact with people in the world who have very real problems, but don't let the problem distract you from the, the fact that Jesus died for that person. From the worst to, 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 to the worst of them, Jesus died specifically for that individual. And it is, a, it is a part of love on our part to see them for who God sees them to be and to respond that way. Amen? It's vital that we do that. I'm telling you, I've got a sense, and it was said before, but I just know it in my heart, that if we, as, as we keep moving forward, the Lord will bring people to us that may not fit our mold, and we need to be okay with that and not see the mold, but see the heart that God's dealing with. It's a big deal. I said it's a big deal. You know, and I tell you, one thing we need to do would be good for you is to practice uh, when you see these things, to get in control of how you respond, right? Have you ever had something happen, you know, maybe one of your kids get hurt or something happens, you know, and you see them for the first time? How many know it's a good idea that you practice your response before you see them? So when they show up, you don't go, oh, my goodness. I made Tegan jump there, right? <laughs> Why? Because, you know, how you respond is how they're going to respond, Right? If somebody comes in that's got problems, that, doesn't, that, 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 that in the natural there's a lot of stuff going on, we ought, we ought to make sure that even though sin is something that, that it's not something we ought to be running towards, right? And sin is something that God hates, but you know, we need to love the individual and make sure that our response lines up with God's heart and not just the outside, whoa, I can't believe what I'm looking at right here. Can we be real tonight? I mean, you know, I believe that the Lord is sending people our way, and we've got to make sure that, that we, are, we are following our hearts, being sensitive to the Holy Ghost, and being a people of love for everybody. You know, we're good about that, but I'm talking about extreme things. You know, there, there's a world of people out there that have extreme problems, and their answer is Jesus. I'll tell on myself. I won't tell anybody else. I'll tell on myself. I'll admit, the last several years, seems like, mm, maybe I shouldn't say this. You know, I'll just admit, you know, I, uh, a couple years ago, we were somewhere and, and um, uh, you know, uh, 
in, in light of all the things that have taken place in our country in the last several years, I'm just going to be real. Just be real. In the light of things that have happened in our nation in the last several years, I was in Orlando, and, and there were people that were of a different faith, dressed in a way, you know, that, that is not how we dress. You know, I don't know who I'm talking about. Some Muslim folks walking around. And, you know, I caught myself, like, what are they doing walking around? Can, can we just be real? Has anybody else done that but me? Oh, one hand over here. <laughs> no, Pastor Greg, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but, you know, I'll be honest with you. Just kind of caught myself thinking, I wonder what this guy's up to. I, 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 you know, I, I've, I've studied a lot about Islam. You know, I, I've studied up on it. And I tell you what, it is the religion of the devil. I believe it beyond a shadow of a doubt. It's twisted. But, you know, those people are just blind. They're not my enemy. They're not my problem. They're just blinded by someone who, who's filled their head full of lies. And I tell you, God desperately wants to reach those people. But as believers, if we respond, and for everybody it may be something different. It may be something different. But you know, when people come in, I'll tell you what, if, if, if somebody who is searching for Jesus comes in and one person responds to them in an unloving manner, you know, we can lose that person. Somebody comes in and, 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 and one, just even one of us. See, this, this is a family topic. This is family business right here, you know. If somebody were to come in and one person responds the right way you know, or the wrong way, you know, that can mean the difference in a person spending eternity with Jesus and somebody spending an eternity in hell. The fact is people, people have got problems. There are stuff going on, and the devil is a jerk. He's blinded their eyes. But let's walk in the light and see them for who God sees them to be. Amen? Like I said, we don't agree with the things that they're doing. You don't agree, but you love the individual and you respond with your heart. And even that sometimes means you open up your life to these people. Right? On the workplace, you open up your life to them. You know, you begin to invest in them. Begin to, begin to, to, to call out the things that you see in them that are that, that areas where God is at work in their life. Right? Begin, to, begin to, to pull on those things. Begin to invest yourself. Begin to sow into the life. Don't be so distracted by the outside, but be loving where they're concerned. I tell you, people are coming. People are coming who need Jesus. I don't care where they find themselves. They need Jesus. And we need to make sure that we are walking in love towards those even outside the faith. And that's more than not just not being offended. It's, it's, it's being open, following your heart, obviously following your heart, but doing what the Lord would tell you to And it will cause others to look down on what you're doing. Jesus is sitting with the tax collector. It brought immediate backlash from other people. But it was where religious people is where the backlash came from. It, it was not the people who had God's heart. They didn't have God's heart. And it brought, it brought backlash. But you know what? Uh, we, need to make, we need to be pleasing Jesus and not others. Amen? And so it's, it's an area that, 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 uh, 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 that we can grow in. And like I said, you know, we, we've not had, we're, we're in a small area here. And so we've not seen a lot of things in the past as far as, you know, coming to our church. But I believe the day's coming. The Lord's going to be bringing people and causing you to come across people's paths. You know, Let, let's make sure that, 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 that our hearts are sensitive, right? And that we love individuals. Listen, if Jesus could love those who were nailing him to a cross, you can love somebody who looks different than you. Spitting on him, casting lots for his clothes, if he can look down and have mercy on them, we can look at people and have mercy on them. Now, like you said, you got to follow your heart. I'm not saying you put, you know, the example of the lady, you just invite somebody in your home, but you know, you know you, that you just take somebody in to live. I'm not saying that you follow your heart, but it starts with letting the Lord work on you to see people the way he sees people. Letting you, beginning to develop a, an attention to how God sees people and letting that motivate you. That's love. I said, that's love. Amen. What time is it? 8.13. Dear Lord, dear Lord. 
And the other area, and I, I, that's all I'll say about that, the other area is our love towards the Lord. You know, we need to be loving. We need to maintain our love for the Lord. You're, we're in Matthew um, uh, chapter 9. Matthew, the ninth chapter, you know, Jesus talking to the Pharisees and why does your teacher eat with the tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said, those who are well have no need of, of a physician, but those who are sick. Whew. Verse 13, but go and learn what this means. I desire sacrifice, or do I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I, know, I did not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. That verse he was referring to is in, is in Hosea 6.6. 6. It, it says, for I desire mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. The Living Bible uh, of that says, and I love the way this is written. I love the Living Bible. It says, I, wanna, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. One of the, the final things about the area of love, children, children have a strong love for their parents. They do. You know, I've worked with teenagers for years, and even in the worst situations where things have gone on, I tell you, there, there's something about the relationship between a child and their parent that, that, that I, I've seen situations where, you know, parents, now there are some extreme cases but, uh, where this isn't the case, but, you know, the vast majority of the time, even when things aren't perfect, there is such a strong desire within the heart of children to know and to have a relationship with their parents. It's so strong. It's, it's something that when there's problems, you know, uh, growing up there, they'll oftentimes it, it, it follows people and causes them problems the rest of their adult life, tension between their relationship with their parents. You may know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's a very real thing. You know, and, and saying here, he said, he said I, for I desire mercy and not sacrifice, all right, so he said, I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. You know, it's important that we maintain that love and that strong desire to know the Lord. It's so important. Children are loving. This is a part of love towards one another, love towards the world, but most, most importantly, love towards our Heavenly Father. You know, it's so easy to get busy in life that the, uh, our love we have for him can grow cold and become something we love him, but it's not something we're expressing. Right? Look at me at Roman, or Revelation chapter 2. So these, these uh, passages here in the book of Revelation are, are just, just powerful. Revelation chapter 2, Revelation 2, 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven uh, golden lampstands, I, lamp I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil, and that you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored, labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. I tell you, it's important that we maintain a, a, a strong love for the Lord and not get caught up in all the things that we're doing, but maintain a strong love for the Lord. You know, you, that can happen. Even serving the Lord, you can lose your, your focus on your love for the Lord. You, it's possible. That we can be so intent, even upon, upon judging what we're hearing, whether it's right or not, that we can lose sight of the one that we love, it's important that we maintain that. It's, it's 8, it's 8.15. I have a video clip I wanted to show you. Is that all right? Now, this, this is something that, that, this is a video clip. You know, how many remember when uh, Gary Crow was here a couple years ago, a couple summers ago? Was it last summer or the summer before? Two summers ago he was here, I think. Gary Crow was our dean when we were at Rama. I tell you, awesome guy. I love Reverend Crow. Um, uh, he left Rama, went off. Actually, I think he came back for you, didn't he? So he came, left and then came back for Steve. He, Steve needed so much work when Steve was at Rama. He came back just for Steve. Anyway, uh, he left and, and came back. And then he went back out in the mission field. And he's, been, he's been serving in China, uh, working in China now for years. And, and he was talking about, we were out of town when he was here. We, had, we had, were scheduled to be out of town, but got the, the listen to the podcast. And him just talking about all the things that are happening in China. And, and you know, the church is just exploding and, and the 
things that are taking place. I've, I've got a hold of some videos of footage out of China. And, and I just want to show it to you. If we could, you could dim the lights and uh, we'll, we'll show about the first six minutes of this. I just want you to see this. Uh, we have some good volume here. We can crank it up when it starts. The reason why I wanted us to watch that when I, when I watched this in this video, it just struck a chord with me, you know. Um, our love for the Lord is such a vital thing. You know, why, why is the church exploding in China the way it is? Is because these people have a deep love for the Lord, a deep passion for the things of God. You know, and, and you say, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're persecuted. They don't have anything. And so what else are they going to do? Well, that's how they're changing their situation. You know, we not saying that we're going to go to eight-hour services or 12-hour services and meet every day in a cave, you know, or something like that. We're not going to do that. But um, at the same point, we need to maintain a heart where we're hungry for him as if our life depended upon it, right? It does depend upon it. But, you know, maintain that love for the Lord and deep passion for the Lord. When I saw that, it challenged me because, you know, i got to be honest with you, my, my, my hunger is really not at that level. Can I just be honest? I mean, you know, uh, meeting in a cave every morning for two hours before, before we go anywhere or, you know, I mean, it challenged me. You know, and, and, and like I said, you know, it's something that, that is an eye-opener to us that, that you know, we, we can have a greater passion for the things of God. Amen. We can have a greater passion and desire for the things of God. And what is passion and desire? It's just an outflow of your love for him. You know, it just challenged me. You know, I need to step up in these areas. And, and you know, just because we're blessed doesn't mean that, that I should be comfortable to the point where I let the blessing distract me, right? You know, when Jesus in, in, the, in, in Matthew chapter 4 talking about the parable of the sower, talking about the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world, that what happens, what that is, is, is things taking the place of our love for the Lord Jesus, that's really what that is, other things becoming more important to us than our walk with God. And so, you know, I just want to leave you. We'll, we'll stop here. The last one was forgiving. And, of course, we know we need to be forgiving with one another. The time is late. Uh, I won't go into that. But, but I just want to challenge you, you know, in these areas, especially where love is concerned, where love is concerned, to examine yourself, examine where you're at on things. Examine the, our love for one another and how we're reaching out to one another, but then how we're, we're approaching the loss, you know, our reach for that, but then maintaining a strong love for the Lord. I don't know if anybody else said the video was, was impactful to anybody else. To me, I just, I watched it several times over and over. It's like, wow, you know, 128 degrees. Wow, praise God, you know. If they can do that for eight hours, 128 degrees, we can surely come in, you know, at 74 degrees and just love on the Lord, right? I mean, how easily are we distracted by things? How easily am I distracted by things that really ought not be a distraction to me? But when you're just madly in love with the Lord, you'll, 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 you'll put up with anything, right? You'll put up with a little bit of grief from your neighbor. You'll put up with a little bit of, of resistance from your job or whatever it is to just do and obey what God's called you to do. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.